Welcome to Lovecraft Country Podcast by Blue TV. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. And tonight we got episode nine. This one was called Rewind 1921, the ultimate, which is yeah. something that we think HBO does better than anyone else. Yeah. Well, they do most it. shows better than anyone else, too. They, yeah. they, that is very there true. There you go. Well said, But sir. I mean, their penultimate is typically the most action-packed episode you're going to get of a season, and then you just have the resolution. This did not go that way. I don't know. What didn't Game of Thrones or a couple of them have like number eight was a big one, and then nine was setting up the last one. No, no, no. no. Eight was setting up nine. Sometimes eight would be big, but also nine would be. Okay, that's what I'm thinking about because remember Game of Thrones was always episode four, nine, every time. Yeah, yeah, and then ten was like. Yeah. Until the last season in which it was just a travesty. Let's, don't, let's just don't talk about the last season. That's We're trying to keep this podcast anyway. positive, <laughs> positive here. Um, let me just go ahead and say, in my feeling, this was the fastest yes. episode by far. I mean, we got to the end and we were all sitting there. It was like, wait, wait, wait. That was an hour? <laughs> and in fairness to us, it was definitely minutes. the shorter end of it. But man, that episode blew by. Yeah, they filled and, this episode from like end to end with stuff. Yeah, I mean, with, whether, like you said... A lot of uh, monologues, mm-hmm. excellent writing, and then the action we got. Of course, yes. it was. But it was. That's the thing. Is like you feel like the show has built us all the way up to the Tulsa massacre. You know what I mean? Like that was going to be the big moment mm-hmm. um, before the end. And I, I'll be honest, they they focused more on the monologues and the situation. You know, of each character during the Tulsa massacre. More than they focused on the massacre. Yes. Which I actually appreciated. Mainly because we already got a massive look at the Tulsa Massacre and Watchmen. Um, which you didn't get to mm. see much as far as the character development in that one. You know what I mean? It's like as far as backstory oh, goes. Yeah. Yeah, no, Watchmen was about shock and awe of the actual massacre. This was, the massacre was the backdrop for a set for this mission they were on. Yeah. It was like a, it was exactly that. It was, it was like a. A heist, almost in the middle of a horror show, you know. No, that's a good way to put it. And then, like, I think another thing they did to make this kind of go by faster than you realize was the camera lingered for like an extra five to ten seconds on every shot, not in a bad way or anything, but like it just followed through looking at the character. And you know, sometimes they'll pan away when they're saying their last words or something. No, like we stood there, we looked at him, or we looked at what they were seeing, like Montrose when he's going to the park and. He's just staring at it, and we're watching him stare at the park, and then you kind of get all those flashbacks. Well, it reminds you of classic 80s, early 90s action movies where, like, you know, you have huge explosions, and Mm -hmm. the guy's just slowly walking away from it, you know? I mean, like, Letty going down the street with the explosions. Like, they make a point to go real slow, really draw it out. Montrose looking at her the entire time up from the window, almost like a villain, but... Yeah, I mean, all these things. They take the time to really... Like, the money spent on special effects... They make sure you got pure all the time out of it you could. You know what I mean? By slowing it up. But not in a way that makes it feel like it was cheap or or slowed on purpose. Like it was it intensified the moment in a positive way. And so I'll give it that. Yeah, I mean, I we all said it when the episode was gonna start. Like we were kind of thinking like they were gonna focus a ton on the violence and like that was gonna be a lot of the special effects budget and things like that. Not at all. Massively surprised they did not actually go that route. 
they w- really went heavy on the character stuff. Um, which, I, like I said, I, 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 I greatly appreciate it. Thankful. Yeah. Very thankful. I mean, you got to give, you know, Montrose, like, all the love. I mean, he he just but, walks through this episode. Now, surprisingly walking, first <laughs> off, after all the shine he drinks. But I'm going to call straight BS on that, by yeah. the way. <laughs> uh, you know, as a man who has partaken such things as the glass jars he has like that, first of all, Anything, even a shot or more. Tick had the right reaction. <laughs> exactly. Like, just getting a sip, and he was like, oh, my God, it's gasoline. This, that, or so on. Yes. If you've never had moonshine before, it literally burns your throat, because that is what it is. It is borderline gasoline. Okay? And so, for any human to be able to just tip the jar back and devour this, you would be on the ground heaving in pain and agony, or this, that, or so on. Or, it's water. You know, uh, I'm just going to call it like it is because I'm telling you, as a person who has tried many different types of shine, if it has any mustard, that Joker, he's suffering for just taking more than a gulp. I'm just being honest. Yeah, even the biggest alcoholics I don't know can do what he did. But all aside, <laughs> yeah, I it's mean, more about the burn. His <laughs> acting was phenomenal in the oh, episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, was it three episodes ago when we have the entire thing where he kind of cocoons and uh, comes out as a butterfly where he's at the drag show dancing? Yes, yes. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he feels free for the first feels time. feels free for the first time. And we think, man, Montrose has really had a hard life and I hurt for him. We get to this episode and realize, wow, we didn't get, we didn't have a drop in the bucket of what he actually went through. Until you're starting to see these little things, hear the story. You know, we go there oh, thinking to save George, and it's to save his potential lover Thomas. Yeah, and understanding well, his first love. Yeah, and then just like understanding the sacrifices he made and continued to make all the way through Tick, and you understand why he had all that rage. Now it's not right of how you dealt with it or anything, but he didn't know any better. And you see what his dad was, and it's like, oh, I kind of understand why. You raise take the same exact way because that's what you knew. In, well, I mean, it, and even not to mention the fact that he was second fiddle in his family, family. second fiddle in the town. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, his neighbors, the other girls and stuff like that. All the girls are sweet on George. All and sweet on George. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's strange. I mean, it was always, even, even saying it, it was like she grows up, she marries Montrose and stuff like that. It was almost like a, like a kick in the pants. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. She didn't end up with George? You know, what I mean, it's like, I don't know. It was, um, it's kind of heartbreaking, actually. Just kind of see. And it wasn't kind of. It was fully heartbreaking. Well, yeah, no and I mean, a I lot mean, of this episode was like that. Like, I mean, we get a lot of these realizations, and your heart breaks multiple times throughout this episode. Well, did you even notice, like, when like something violent happened, they would do a flash of when he, like, when he was climaxing with his, you know, his partner. Or like there would be like he was having a sex scene, you know, mm-hmm. with the yeah. guy from like when he was getting his frustration out or things like that. It would have there was at least three or four flashes, like like when he's getting frustration out in the modern time. It's showing you part of the reasons that he is who he is and his frustration in life from this, you know, this twenty one rewind. Um, it focused to me. It focused a lot on Montrose. I mean, everything from his dad being a drunk. You see how he can't handle his mm-hmm. alcohol. He said the beating, so you understand why Tick was getting those. You know, seeing his friend's face blown off in front of him and being all over him. I mean, like, it's, uh, you were right. I mean, like, it's, that's a, that's a lot to stomach um, in life and just say you're going to be a man about it and move on. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, and you go back and think, you know, we're still in the 50s, so mental health isn't a thing. Uh, oh, I mean, no, your mental health, you, you better toughen up or, you know, or get out of Dodge. Yeah. You know, there's no such thing as well, you know, safe spaces or things like that. I mean, we've got kids who shortly thereafter going World War II are 15, 16-year-old who are going to war, you know what right. I mean? like, I mean, and not only that, but what he is still isn't okay in the timeline that he is. Correct. Yeah, and then the... Obviously, didn't know much about PTSD. He used to be called shell shocked. Yeah, you know, um, but he's got it from his upbringing, just for trying on his brother's prom jacket. Yeah, you know, he gets whipped with a switch, uh, drawing blood. Yeah. I mean, you saw his ripping his shirt open and stuff. Um, you know, to the fact that he sees, you know, his first love, his head blown mm-hmm. off. Well, I mean, not only that, but he's the neighbor comes and saves him from another whooping and says that she's in the wrong and his dad was in the right. So, you know, you go back to protecting your abuser. So, I mean, like you're still repressing exactly who you are the entire time through this. And you still haven't come to terms with that as a 50 year old man. I'm assuming is what he is now. Well, I mean, he was, he looked like going to prom. Um, So I'd say he was 15 or something like that. And that yeah, was in 21, in between, so we're in, in 50, 15 so. And 18, yeah, I guess. yeah. At uh, the Booker T. Washington High School. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, that, but I mean, and then still going up through life with everything else that he went through. I'm sure he probably he had a fight in World War Two. would you not? I don't know the drafting back in 41 through 44. I'm not sure. Um, but I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't think he was going to save. I, we all thought he was going to talk to George. Yeah. And then when he even surprised me when he found out he was going to save this Thomas kid, I thought he was going to go back and tell him, don't be a son of a bitch when you grow up. You know what I mean? Like, don't beat the shit out of your kid. Don't drink all the time. You know, something like that is what I thought was going to happen. But, but then no. I, I feel like he would just fade away if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I thought that was an interesting twist that they put into it. It, know, it was something I didn't even come close twist. to see coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. And uh, my gut reaction was that they were going to make him shoot his friend. You know what I mean? Like one of those kind of situations, but they didn't. Um, you know, before we even get into the rewind, you know, I know we just talked a whole bunch about it and stuff like that. There was more leading up to this. I mean, we talked about that D's arm and how awful it looks and. But you notice this episode when they start to look at her, she has the look of one of the uh, the twins. Or not the, I guess they're more twins, but the the, the two, two demons, si- yeah. two demon sisters. She's already got you know the the hair and all that stuff, which was crazy, um, wicked. You know that uh, you made her look just like the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and of course they decide to strike a deal with Christina to you know do a spell to reverse everything. Um, well, not to reverse. Just to placate it or restore her for a little while. Twenty four hours is all they got. Yeah, something like that. And special effects again on something like this. Yeah, the yeah the maggots the coming the out, maggots the flies coming flies. out. Just each getting like his own little individual hole slowly coming out, then working all the way up the arm. Uh-huh. It, well, it reminds me. What's that horror movie? Um, did did this is Amityville. Yeah. Well, they just focus with the flies, with the flies. Like not coming out of people's skin and things like that, but. Flies are always, uh, you know, a, a mainstay in a lot of, especially like 
Cause, I mean, maggots are just creepy. Like, I mean, there's just yeah. no way around it. Like, even when you open up a trash can lid and you see maggots like sitting on there or something, you're like, ugh. Yeah. And I don't know, seeing how they move like worm snakes, like everyone's freaked out by just like that <laughs> weird movement. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it is. I don't know. I just, it was kudos. Like you said, the special effects were pretty cool. Uh, I, I loved all that. Yeah. Um, just seeing her rechange the lose a little bit of the makeup little by little, then all of a sudden, yeah, it's very back. subtle. It's very subtle how they turned it yeah. on. Uh, we also got confirmation that the chief did not die no, uh, from the attack. And we were right. They were just kidnapping black people and Frankensteining you know, him alive, uh, back together a bunch of times. Well, and not only that, just kudos to the writing team. Because like we came in with a whole bunch of questions. We were talking about that amulet that she had Ruby put in there. And then, boom, specifically for this reason. Yeah, so she couldn't bring him back. It could even be a curse. And I was like, man, that is so well done. Like, it was like you're almost listening to our podcast and answering each and every question we had thrown at you. Now, obviously, like it wasn't like that, but. I don't know. I mean, they could be. <laughs> I mean, like, you know. Quick, um, I'll bet into this. Dude, is anybody else like William's look as this man's lights are going out? I mean, the, the eyes on this actor in this scene, man. Well, his eyes are already piercing just as he is. Yes. And they focus on him. All the time. You know, it's like his defining trait. Um, so, yeah, when he's sitting there and he just, he doesn't blink, mm-hmm. you know, it's just these two perfectly round blue yeah, I know it, irises. That's all you see, basically. It's pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. So, is it safe now to say that the sheriff is dead? I think so. I'm going to go with a yes on that one. Okay. You know, just want to make sure, you know, with HBO, <laughs> magic's involved. I think well, we saw like the light said, leave his. He, he didn't die off, off camera. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah, I think we finally Dude, got him. Cool special effects. Just watching his body to start. Just re-rotting. Re-rotting immediately. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, how about being those officers who've got to go and kidnap somebody, murder them, chop dismember them, them. Chop up what pieces they need. Put a body yeah. and put a head on them. Staple it all together. I pretty mean, gross. Like, pretty freaking gruesome, dude. Uh, I mean that office was like blood everywhere It was disgusting You know what I mean it was, Well and like who's cleaning up all this I mean the only thing we didn't get is Outside of the street I can only assume it was Crystal clear perfect Because I mean Christina got there But I mean we never saw the actual street But a sugar or whatever those things are called Came up out of the ground And tore up the road Yeah like, the road crew's like, what the hell, man? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, who, who are the, who's the road crew going to call? Yeah. The police. Yeah. And, and the they're all like, be like, gas explosion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <really. laughs> but yeah, I mean, outside of that, like, I pity whoever had to clean up everything. Yeah. Uh, minor detail. Did y'all yeah. notice that she cut, Hippolyta comes out, comes back out of nowhere. Yep. You know, um, so my question with that is, is that if the portal machine was broken, how does she come back? Well, I mean, they even went to a different portal machine, though, didn't they? Because they went and ended up in Kentucky. Yeah, and, okay, so the, the original one was in Kansas. Kansas. And so then this one says Kentucky. So are we? that's what we're assuming. This is a different one. But then she, why I is think, she working on it if she knows that it got shot and busted? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense. No, I, in a way, I feel like this was a sneaky little way to show us a different dimension. 
You know, I'm happy you said that because like this episode also talks about a man comes in and acts like Jackie Robinson and bat, you know, bats the, you know, these guys away like that. But then here it is again. So it almost makes you think like this is not the first time we've gone through this loop. I mean, time is always a very weird thing that you can't really explain. But not also just time. We got different dimensions. She said there's over 71 yeah. trillion dimensions or something like that. And right? she was on Earth 504 or 504 yeah, she something. She said Earth 504. Um, and we know for a fact it's in Kansas. Yes. The first one is in Kansas. They yeah, even we, say it's we, in Kansas. We looked it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and this time Kentucky comes up. This time it's Kentucky. Bold. So I think this was a sneaky, I hope you caught this moment mm -hmm. saying like, yeah, whatever happens right now may not be. Which also she said it'll take us, what, three hours to get there? Or it'll take me three to four hours to fix it. It'll take us no, six hours to get six there. six hours to get there, two to three hours whoa, to fix it. Whoa, 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 whoa. She said... When she was uh, she had been there, she lived over two thousand years and two hundred years or two hundred years in an alternate you know whatever alternate universes like that, and then she's in this one. Mm -hmm. There's no portal. There's no nothing. Whatever you want to call it. Do you think this is just a continuation of what she was in? This is actually her. No. You follow what I'm saying? I mean, just think about it. I mean, like anything's possible. She could do anything or be whoever she wants to. Well, my thing is too. Like it's trippy, man. A portal within a portal. <laughs> you know? well, I mean, like you're almost just, yeah, I know it. Like, you're almost trying to say like we're still in a simulation of her head. Exactly. Kind of. Exactly. Like well, when she names herself. But the, here's the thing: I feel like when she truly discovered herself, mm -hmm. she was the blue-haired Hippolyta version. Yes, the discoverer, right? And when she's held on to this thing, her hair goes back blue, almost like the Hippolyta we see in this whole situation is not exactly it, she's almost faking her look in That's this new reality but not only that she has the things in her wrists yeah that no one saw or noticed because oh by the way remember we cut her hand to get the blood out she turned her hand in front of christina to get her hand cut for that blood to come out and then guess what Two seconds left on the camera. Two seconds later, we're 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 packing up the Woody. She has no cut on her hand. There is no bandage. There's nothing. You no, follow what I'm saying? I don't know. So I, I don't. Know, I don't know how much of that part is just like they we're not paying attention to that part. You know what I'm saying? I think we would notice these purple bars. Her, <laughs> that, that, they're glowing from her wrist. You know? I don't disagree with you. I think she wouldn't have missed. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if she was wearing sleeves or not, and that's why we didn't notice. Yeah, because I, I feel like maybe she was wearing long sleeves. Yeah. But I'm not positive on this. I don't remember. God. But, but I, I would assume you're wearing long sleeves if you're going to be walking through Chicago and you've got purple light bulbs sticking out of your wrist. And that's why I'm willing to give the benefit <sighs> of the doubt that we didn't see these. But you very well could be right. We shall see. The Kentucky yeah. thing is is too. It's too on the nose. Yeah, it's too out there. All right, because they make a point to show a map in Kentucky. I mean, like, well, and bold it pops up and bold. It eats the screen, saying <laughs> <Yeah>. Kentucky. <laughs> ding 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 ding! It's like bonus round of Jeopardy. Yeah. But if you're not paying enough attention, you wouldn't realize. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I I do I do I think there's some. There's going to be some switcheroo at some point. Okay. You know, so we'll see. 
But and then even again before we jump into the portal portal, we get a Montrose and Letty conversation about how she potentially killed his son. And like we understand more hurt that he's going through. And I just think like a small scene like this just goes back into like I understand why you did it. It still doesn't change the fact that you probably killed my son. Yeah. And that's something I can't forgive you for. And also spills the beans that she's having a boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, like that was the weird thing to me is because I had forgotten that Tick already knew, but she hasn't told Tick yet. Tick also knows it's it, their son, son that writes the book. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Montrose is yeah. just like, nope, I already know. You're pregnant, well, boy. It's just, you know, well, he just got through downing, you know, a fifth of gasoline, um, <laughs> you know, and he walks there. And there is no subtleness to his alerting her of her news. Yeah. You know, you're pregnant. Yeah, it's a boy. And you killed my son. Next. You know, I mean, like, there it is, you know. Yeah, but he's still super pissed at her, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Understandably so. <laughs> yeah, well, like mean, he says, you'll understand when your little boy's yeah. born that there's no getting over this or no fixing it or whatever. Yeah, no coming yeah. back from it. Yeah. Yeah. And then to Ooh. find out later in the episode just how much he gave up of himself for this moment. It's just like... I, well, the viewer finds out. Yes. Letty she, doesn't. I, I, I think those, she finds out in a different way. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. There's no well. Letty had the the pleasure of watching a family you know she knew was supposed to die, literally roast in front one of them roast right in front of her. That is also the love of your life's family, right? I mean, like that's a yeah. tough decision when you're just like, okay, well, if I do something to save you, I don't have a, you know, my my guy I love fall in love with and the child in my stomach doesn't exist. Yeah, you know, so I mean, like that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. And yeah. she once again did a great job of showing you how anxious and you know torn apart she is about not helping them. I think everybody throughout this entire episode did a fantastic job with it. She felt guilty about even telling them there was a truckload of them down the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they all started arming themselves. So it's like, oh shit, she may have messed up right then. You know. So, but yeah, it's um crazy the amount of emotions they ran through in a single episode. As fast as they did. And as quickly as it ran through it, yeah. Oh. And didn't make it feel fast. I, I we, we can't say, like, the pacing wasn't bad in this episode by no. any means. No, 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 like, no, no. It just... No, they packed a lot not, of shit into this. I mean, it, considering this episode didn't focus really... Like, I don't see, like, a single thing that you can say, oh, this was a definite, this horror genre style episode. No. No, this wasn't. This was purely... Gut punch. A gut punch. Kick to the nads. History of your characters, development, story development. In my honest opinion, one of my favorite episodes of the season, just because the three kick-ass characters that really are your leads for this show all had like an equal equivalent part of this, which was fantastic. It did great development. The pace was it was fast but fun. Um, the special effects was phenomenal. I mean, like you really think about it, there, there's really not a huge negative or really a negative at all that I can cite at, at any point through this entire episode in I mean, re- any retrospect. I don't even think we wasted any time. Like we even got no. a little bit with Ruby. And I, I think that was even part vital even to then, what like, we got. You learn about the you know groundskeeper, and you understand this, and they make a little backhand deal that you know I don't care about Tig as long as my sister is okay, and all these things. Like they don't 
they don't linger. They don't beat you over the head with anything that's too synonymous or a gut punch um, that, you know, makes you distracted from what the show is trying to really intend from the storyline. And so, like, to me, all that stuff was spot on. And how cool are old-time safes? Like, I mean, oh, just I seeing something yeah. like that. And then she's not even looking. She just got that thing down pat, like, this many times, this many times. <laughs> we're golden. And I was just like, ah. if there's actually even a combination. No, there, there it, wasn't. It's but. just like her hand touches it. And it's like, mm, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Magic, Magic. and open. <laughs> um, by far, my favorite uh, scene of this entire thing is Atticus picking the bat up. Harry and, Potter style. Like, the, first, the first hit. How they pulled this off. I mean, this show has done nothing but show me that there is no bounds to special effects when it comes to this bat hitting this punk across the face and watching it turn into Play-Doh. You know, <laughs> come across, you know what I mean? Like, it was... I mean, he became Gumby in that one screenshot. Immediately. It was just like... And no holds bar. I mean, like, he putting a bat to a girl in a, in a prom dress and the other dude hitting him in the nuts. I mean... Three or four times. She took, like, that gut punch, one yeah. in the back, and then another one. I was just like, all right. right. Have him down. He's getting spattered with blood. I mean, he was tearing him up. <laughs> yeah, it was... It, I got a lot of the vibes from Signs. You know, yeah, yeah, good callback. You good know, callback. swing away. You know what I mean? And, you wow, know, it was a what a correlation. Premonition, you know. Yeah. Um, and he grabs it and starts bashing Swinging the shit away. out of it and hitting the water glasses and stuff. It, it brought me back to that moment when he kicks the bat. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, you know, all the way to the I got you, kid. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's like, so yeah, I, I no, this one doesn't follow a horror genre. No. But I got a little something yeah, out of it. Now, I would have given you more of the sign if the bat had broken. Because in the signs, the bat broke. You know, so if that had happened, well, I would have said, ah! It was a little hard for it to break well, as the don't... skulls and jaws were hey, crumbling. Hey, man. It, the way he was tomahawking that on the ground, okay, you right. know, something could happen. But, you know, yeah. anyway. What happened was the skull gave. <laughs> <laughs> That's bat what one, skull zero. <laughs> <laughs> More like bat three, <laughs> skull zero, yeah. Uh, uh, no, the, uh, and even in signs, they don't show the bat break. They just, at, no. after the end is all done, you see a broken bat on the floor. Yeah. So... And I think that's almost a callback to the natural in a way. You know what I mean? Like, um, callback to a callback. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't know. But anyway. All right. So I have one one question, in which shocker alert: we actually did a little bit of research on our phones before we got onto the pod because breaking news, breaking research, <laughs> research here, only because HBO series Watchmen showed us a different version. Of the Tulsa Massacre. Same theater, though. Dreamland Theater. theater. The Dreamland Theater, great callback, by the way. Um, And so, in the Watchmen series, the Tulsa Massacre looked like most of the violence things happened in daylight. Well, in this one, it shows a lot of the violence happening at night, you know. And so, of course, we'll pull up the the phones. and, And the entire Tulsa Massacre was over a... Dick Drummond? Was that the name we come up with? It was about a 19 year old young man who was accused of accosting a white female in an elevator on the third floor of uh, a court building in downtown Tulsa. Um, And so a mob formed the day before warning this guy and it went into the night. The town knew that everything was on tension. This was the KKK group that was trying to, uh, that wanted this guy to lynch him Um, and everything was, and a lot of the city prepared itself for, 
an altercation yeah. and that the majority of the people who died in the Tulsa massacre was during, was mostly due to shootouts and skirmishes in the street fighting back and forth with the KKK and the large uh, group of white populace that came and made the attack. Um, and this happened in the, the next morning. And so it was in daylight. And this is also the time that this was the first time we had an aerial assault on us soil um, where, uh, these biplanes, which were called Jennies, uh, flew over and they dropped either homemade Molotov cocktails or just pure nitroglycerin or, you know, vials of nitroglycerin or what they called some kind of like a giant ball that was soaked in, in kerosene in kerosene yeah. or something like that on so the end of a small essential. stick that was lit and they dropped to, and it was purposely dropped on buildings to ignite them. Isn't that just essentially napalm? Basically. Yes. You know, um, and so, which wasn't uh, invented until World War II, right. believe and it so, or not. That's true. Um, so the only thing that would have been an explosive is if they did use nitroglycerin, which no one is conclusively saying that they actually did nitroglycerin because they said the intent was to cause fire, but nitroglycerin is not an incendiary; it's an explosive. So, um, so a little different that the show decided to do the night thing given that being at night, it gave it a much more dramatic effect of the fire. The fire looks fire. different at night. I think that's the choice. Um, and so if they altered it. Well, I mean, also could lead to a reason why we could be in an alternate universe or timeline. That's a good point. It's, you know, the time of the day of the, this happening is different than factually what happened. Yeah. So it could be another little sprinkle in there. Well, and the cause of it, we never really see it for... Only thing is, though, is Montrose remembers it happening at night. That is Montrose true. Montrose remembers it coming back, knows he needs to go find Thomas at the park and stuff like that. Right. And doesn't say anything about, it was in daylight when I, when this happened or something like that. You know what I mean? I think yeah, He doesn't say anything's wrong. He, yeah. Like you said, he goes there because he knows exactly what's about to happen. That is right. true. That is true. Maybe it's just what we call, like a lot of things, they Hollywooded it up. You know, for a visual effect. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, to go back to seeing some of the fires, like we'd see Letty in the house when he catches fire, which also, before we go too much into it, that book, for whatever reason, looked nothing like I expected it to look like. I don't know what I expected it to look like. Well, we see well, the ancestor running down the hall. Yeah, it looked like the arms. one she was toting. And like, it probably does, but for whatever reason, when I saw this thing, I was like, oh, that's a very old magical, like almost something I'd see in Skyrim. And I was just like, the thing that really baffled me was is that, and I, I can't wait to get more about it, was is that little sheet of paper that was just sitting on it, which had... The password. The password to open the book. It's like a 70-year-old person. You can't remember the password. It's just like, yeah, let me... Well, we hear them use the word motherboard for the first time. Like, What's a motherboard? <laughs> yeah, I mean, which is great. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the motherboard, yeah. Um, but, I mean, just a lady knowing the entire time what's about to happen in this house and that they're all about to burn her life. So tense. It sucks. Well, not only that, I mean, that that whole thing, but great for the writers and the shows to pick on something that you wouldn't have think of. Her rolling up in there in tennis shoes and that be the thing that... It gives it away. Gives it away. You know, something so subtle. Yeah. Um, I thought that was... That's genius in my mind. You know what I mean? You know. And I think they tried to tell us by the way she was running mm -hmm. to the house. You know what I mean? They showed us. They showed her booking it. They have showed Letty running. I, but never I want to know if this actress was a... At minimum, four, four episodes. I, I want to know if she has a track star background. Well, in episode one, she was a state 
track person that yeah, on the show. Yeah. I want to know if she real life was she it, knows how to kick it, boy. Well, I'm yeah. talking about she as a guy who you know coached some sports and seen some things like that. She's got good form. I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> well, and a lot of times when you see people run in movies and TV shows, you could tell they don't run. Or no, they they don't the cl- understand how to make it look like they're running full out. Classic damsel in distress, you know, like oh, you know, the whole where you're you're running but you're really not really running. You know what I mean? She is full on sprint. Like yeah. if I had guns going at me, I hope I look something <laughs> like this. Even though that's not physically possible with my physique, you know, muscular friction and everything else. But aerodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> Lack of it, maybe. <laughs> Yikes. I'd be bumping into cars trying to run. What are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, I do feel like she was surprised to see that the invulnerable spell, the bullet didn't hurt her when she got shot in the back mm-hmm. and fell into the yard. Uh, it's almost like she, she remember she was feeling all over herself. It's like she thought she was hit. Um, but it worked. She forgot. It still worked in the past. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, probably you're still getting shot at, and so you don't think it's pretty natural. Yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> she was not too concerned when the fire was going around. Yeah, she's like, well, yeah, by, then by then you'd already been shot, so you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah I forgot. I'm, with you, I'm invulnerable. Hey, the bullet didn't take me. This fire's yeah. got nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. she's more of, oh yeah, I'm hearing people burn alive, so like yeah. I'm having to go through that, and then just couldn't imagine it. You, you know, you see the grandmother. Like doing the right reaction. Screw you. I'm going to go try to help my family because I now know what's about to happen. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to help you and somehow listen to my kids and grandkids just Rose. burn here. Oof. Yeah, it's, couldn't it's imagine it. Brutal. It's horrific. And then, but it was it was kind of it's kind of a juxtaposition of what's going through Montrose's mind. Yeah, she is now doing exactly what he said. You'll. Do whatever you can to protect that child now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your responsibility has changed. You no longer think for yourself. You think for the child. And all these people got to burn. Yeah. You know? And, and then just... They're your baby's great-great-grandparents and family. They all got to burn. Right. Or you don't exist. You know? It, and you had to watch it. Well, one of Wait. them wasn't going to let you not watch it. <sighs> I mean... Yeah. Therapy. Just doing- Therapy is all I'm thinking about now. Like, <laughs> you, have, you know, what do you, you, know, you do? Well, you know, your your, your great great grandma made a ultimate sacrifice. You know, I mean, literally roasted in front of me. I mean, that's just absolutely horrible. It's yeah. absolutely horrible. Um, but man, just like little things throughout this season, just came to fruition in this episode. I mean, we've talked about a few of them, but the birth uh, scar. Yeah, the birthmark. Birthmark. Birthscar. I, mean, I don't know what that thing's called. I don't have a birthmark. I, I've seen some terrible birthmarks, but yeah. Lay off the shine, man. Lay off the shine. <laughs> but I mean, to see that that came back and have a reason, just fantastic writing. You know, I mean, these are the things that we talk about in a lot of shows that we love that falls flat oh, most yeah, of the well, time. It full circle. If there was a reason you made us see this episode four or five or however many go, and then it comes to the reason it was important later, that just shows you, you know, proper development uh, and making sure that everything had a quality purpose instead of just being down rabbit holes in different directions for just sentimental value. Yeah. Yeah, I I would say the only one that we've really had that was kind of like this is the Native American person. 
But I mean, there's still a chance that that comes back to fruition next episode. No telling. No clue. Uh, all I'm saying is with one episode left, yeah, they got a lot to wrap up. They got a lot to put to put, put together. So hopefully that eight minutes transfers over to the next episode. I, I hope so because I think they're going. I think going to need every bit of an hour, hour ten, or hopefully it's an hour and a half. I don't. I don't know. Right now it shows like it's an hour, but well, I was surprised to see before the preview they called it the season finale. Mm-hmm. Now normally at the beginning series, of this, yeah. I would have thought this was a mini series. You know, one season done job because. I don't know that the book goes much further, but I don't know anything about the book. So maybe I'm totally wrong on this. Yeah. Um, I mean, we thought the same thing with The Outsider, and that got renewed totally. right after the I feel season like, one ended. I feel like The Outsider knew that a second book was coming um, from King, and he probably let him yeah. know. Well, I mean, that just the man can write a book in like three days. It's unprecedented yeah, no what he can yeah, do. But also, if you if you if you've read The Outsider or you watch the series, it has ultimate potential. Like there, let's be honest. We we were sitting there at the end of the Outsider saying that there was a lot we saw happening with the season two. No, but I'm just saying based on how it's a you know what it is, you could easily come up with a season two. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like I said, if y'all if you have not seen Outsider by HBO, it is phenomenal. Jason Bateman does a great job with this, um, and the rest of the cast and crew are phenomenal. Mark uh, Manchada, he was fantastic. He we even had an interview with him. So y'all need to listen in on that because. Watch the show, catch up with us on the podcast. It was, it was a great, great series. Um, but back to this. Um, do y'all think we are going to lose any of the main characters in the season finale? It's one of the questions I keep going through my mind is, is that we've had so much death, so much arc, so much different things. Do you think we're going to lose a main character? I mean, other, I know we lost George early, but I'm talking about of who we have left. I mean, it's hard to know without knowing if there's going to be a season two or not. You know, I mean, that to me dictates so much of who you can lose versus who you can't lose. I feel like if someone's going, I, I can't help but the first name would be Montrose that comes to mind. Do you know who my first one is? Is Ruby. I could see totally seeing Ruby change the, change the tune and she could be the reason Christina fails or something of that nature and she gets lost in the process. I don't know. I just had that weird feeling in the back of my mind. Well, I mean, that's yeah. possible, I guess. Um, I mean, Hippolyta in a different way, not necessarily dying, but going back to whatever it is that she is now. Or maybe Hippolyta goes back. I could see, you I know, mean, Tick and them raising D, you know, if need be. Yeah, you could see. Or D's. her just taking D with her. Yeah. To see what else is out there, you know. I, or just not even being able to fix whatever the curse is. I mean, there's a chance that that's still... I really just don't see D dying. I don't either. I don't either. But, hey, you know what? This show has changed up a lot of things from the book, so you you never know. If anything, that could be great shock value, and, hey, that's just another example of how the writing has gone phenomenal. I mean, Christina put it in the way that there's no way that you're going to save her without his body or him casting, casting the curse out. Now maybe the book of Adam has, or the book of names has something that changes it. We have no right. idea. What do you think the odds are that Tick dies? Because I mean, the book that was written and Christina, and they say he has to die for 
for the blood to save even D and everything. You follow what I'm saying? So, I mean, is there a chance that the main character no, dies? No, no, no. Doesn't need his blood for... She needs his, all of his blood to for the... For the autumnal equinox. Yeah. So, uh, like a, <laughs> autumnal uh, equinox or... Autumnal. Yeah. I was right what I said. <laughs> no, what, they said they needed Titus himself, right? Mm-hmm. But Titus only knows his shit from the Book of Names. That's why they wanted the Book of Names. They can figure out how to save well, her. Well, Titus the didn't have the Book of Names. He just had a few pages, didn't he? Because the Book of Names gets burned up in 1921. That's right. He stole pages. He didn't have the book. No, Titus was the one who originally had the book. And then the other guy stole the pages. The guy that was in the house. That he took okay, those yeah, pages. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right Titus's right. book was taken by Atticus's Mother ancestor. Answers. Yeah, um, who was running out of the burning house. So that's where the book continued on. Okay. So she was saying you would need Titus to be able to do it, or the guy who cast the curse. Thing was, is Christina went in there, didn't try to save that dude to remove the curse, just killed him. You know well, I mean? just watch him die. Yeah, but she wasn't going to let him live. No. You know what I'm saying? So she had a way. You know, She could have leveraged that if she wanted to, but she doesn't want to remove the leverage she has with the family. You know what I mean? So it's like... So yeah, I don't know. Does Christina know they're going back through the portal to go get the book? I'm going to assume yes. Like Christina's she has been this so all far planned, ahead. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. She's about to get the book and Tick. Really? Or do we believe that she's in love with Ruby or in something with Ruby? Because she's definitely getting more run of the castle and more trust. And she even went through a lot to try to understand Ruby's pain. I don't know. I, I, you know, I think it's one of those things where you want to believe that, but you also want to believe that she said it twice. Everything has been meticulously planned out. And I think and she even admitted it. You were, uh, this was an opportunity, so I jumped on it. You know well, what I mean? no, no, no. She said, I came, you asked me for help, and I came to help. There happened to be an opportunity that I was able to take. I think she was referring to using Ruby was the opportunity. No, no, no. The opportunity was making I'm a deal with I'm entitled to my damn opinion. Thank no, you. you're not. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> what, you think this is a safe Bro, place or something? No. I swear, man. Get out of here. Hey, this is, a, this is a safe place to talk and talk my opinion. Oh, <laughs> safe place sack over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is my end of the studio, gosh damn it. Okay. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about was that Montrose breaks it to him that he might not be his dad, that George could be his dad. And we get another phenomenal acting sequence of Tick – you know, you know how many times I've sat in that yeah. chair wishing he was my daddy and not you and stuff like that. I was like, dang, this is well, cold, man. Really cold. good. Well, Make turn no, the waterworks on pretty good too easy. <laughs> we we realized Tick is quite possibly the worst motivational speaker in history. You know, he gave one of the best <laughs> to Letty. You know, when she's getting ready to go get the flashlights and everything or the car. And then we get to his dad, but as Jake well, goes. Yeah, makes you really want to complete the mission right there. Like, <laughs> oh, so you tell me I do this and you cut me out of your here life. And F you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never see me again, huh? All right. <laughs> well, it's just, we need him. She's the only one. He's the only one that knows where they live. I don't, I need, don't him. need him. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I don't need any more of that shit. It's just like, oh. Uh. Definitely lets the emotion get to the best of him in some retrospect. There's no doubt. Well, he's kind of known for that. He overreacts. He's very... All right. Because of his dad. What are the odds that Fair. George is not his dad? I mean, I get this whole deal. Are we actually... Is he actually saying there's not possible that I wasn't with your mother? Or... No, I think... Remember, they said... We threw grew up together after that. You know, you can't go through that and not have a special bond. He said they grew up real close. I mean, in a way, it's oddly sounds like they had threesomes or something like that. But, uh, but I think it was more or less of like just she was with both of them kind of situation mm. for different reasons. You know what I mean? He would come directly out and say that you're not my son, I think, biologically, if that was not possible. You know what I mean? I know know what you're saying. I don't don't think he would have this guessing game. And I think George would know, too. Yeah. So, they obviously have both have slept with his mother, I think. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. And they both had did it around the same time in order for him to be possibly born nine months after yeah. you know, that period. So, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. It didn't go into much depth to explain the whole, you know, bond <laughs> situation. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I just thought it was a really cool moment. Not how I expected him to come out with it. No. no I don't no. know if there's a good way to come out with it. Yeah, really. So, I mean. It's yeah. just, but it's like piling on. Oh yeah, you know, you don't get it all at once. You know, yeah. you, you, I mean, if you pulled the bandaid off, you might as well just go ahead and pull, it, just go all the way at once, get it all done out there at once. Yeah. You know, draw some, it out, throw some shine on it, throw some salt shine. on it, <laughs> yeah. finish up some dirt, and we got Ooh. it all. Anyway, Ooh. phenomenal episode. That's all. Yeah. That's kind of all. Yeah, I got no doubt, no doubt, guys. As always, we tell you, man. Please let us know. Appreciate the emails this past week. Got a lot of love for the last episode, and um, we really, appreciate really, it. Pre- really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, I think we kind of dived into a little bit more of you know everything else last episode, and so uh, we kind of hoped it didn't you know derail too badly. But a lot of great emails, a lot of good communication, and so I really say thank you. Um, our reviews shot up again, so I really appreciate that. Uh, of course, every, you know, positive, negative is going to happen. Don't worry about that. But. Uh, we just want to say thank you as a group because that that was awesome. You know, uh, the episode was a, a quite unique one. Um, you know, doing a lot of the Freddy Krueger tribute, all that stuff. It was fantastic. This one, not so much of a genre, but please let us know. Uh, please can send, keep sending the emails. Keep hitting us up on Facebook and Twitter. You know, let's play TV podcast uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, and it's bleed TV podcast at gmail.com. If you want to hit us with an email as well. Uh, and if you haven't done a review yet, good, bad, or ugly, please hit us up. Um, we'd love to see it on iTunes. Um, we asked for one a while back and somebody actually did it, which I thought was fantastic, you know? And so shout out to that. Uh, so as always, thank y'all and keep up the good communication. Uh, I think we're gonna call tonight. Anything else y'all got? I got nothing. All right. Well, this is Lovecraft country podcast from BTV and I'm Zach. I'm Jake and I'm Cash. And we'll see y'all next week.